It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So our session has started, and today is February 27th, 2015. We have a half an hour session with Mac. And I have his photo in front of me. Let me just get his full attention. So, Macklin, please. Okay, what a cute little guy. He tells me he's your best buddy and your best partner. He says he spends an awful lot of time with you. He shows me an image of, like, well, being your sidekick, your shadow around the house as well. Um, he tells me he follows you around quite a bit. He just says he's a happy little guy, but he doesn't want just anybody near his mama, is what he also comments to me. Okay, so Macklin, I have your person, and she's got some questions for you around some behaviors. He says, shoot, go ahead. So he's very open to this. So, yeah, what did you want to discuss with him? I would like to know why he has to bark so much at everybody, not just the people in my yard, the people across the street, the cars going up and down the street. Uh, I was on a dead end, so if they go down, they come back, so that's twice. And... uh UPS, FedEx, all those people. Why would we have to bark so much? Okay, great question. So Macklin, he says this has been an ongoing issue between us, me and my mom, he says. She doesn't know what else to do. Okay, so let's go to the the reason. Why are you barking? He says that he's doing it as a way of a form of protection. He thinks if he barks, it's his version of telling them, keep away, keep away. Um, this isn't really so much about alerting you there's somebody there because uh, he knows that you could kind of care less. You've told him that in the past, that you could care less, that there's people out there doing their thing. So he says that by me barking, he's telling them to go away, and he thinks he's 50% of the time successful because he thinks nobody wants to hear him bark. He's also been told that phrase by humans um, quite frequently over his life with you. Um, and he just says, I'm protecting mom. So why do you think your person, Emery, needs protection from the outside of the house people? He says because she's not well. He says I'm her sidekick. I'm the one that takes care of her. He says if nobody else was here, he doesn't know, frankly, what you'd do without him. So he sees it very much as his job to take care of you. Now, Emery, do you really want him? To, I want him to hear your answer, which is why I'm asking you out loud. He huh? is listening to you. Do you really want him to demonstrate his protective skills of you in the manner of barking like he has been? No. Okay. So, Macklin, did you hear her answer to that question? She doesn't really want you demonstrating it in that way. He says, well, how else do I demonstrate? He says, people in the house, he says they're pretty nice when they come in. He says, but I don't know those people outside. They're strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, Emery, do you honestly, and you got to do we have to answer honestly, do you feel safe in your house, safe in your neighborhood? Because if you do, I want him to know that. And if you don't, then we need to discuss that with him too. No, I feel very safe here. Okay. Macklin, she just said she actually feels very safe in her home in her neighborhood, and in her living space. Do you think you could give her some credit for feeling safe? Because feeling safe means she doesn't actually need the role that you've been playing up to this point in protecting her from outside people and their doings. He says, well, I don't know what to do. He says, I need a job. Okay, so I asked him, what other jobs do you have in the house? He says to be the silly one. 
He thinks being silly is one of his jobs, um, <laughs> which is great because it makes it makes you laugh and he, it makes him feel good about himself when he's doing that. So I'm going to tell him that's a great job to do, and maybe we could substitute the, the job you've been doing outside. Well, I should say inside, barking at people outside, and give you another job that your person would so appreciate a lot more. He says, "Well, what's that?" Well, Emery, do you have any? If not, I can come up with suggestions. But do you have any suggestions of things you'd like him to do more with you or do differently that could become his new job? He's really very good. He sits with me often, which I enjoy, and he follows me, which I also enjoy. It's kind of like he's watching to make sure that I'm okay, um, which is fine, but I really can't think of anything else I'd prefer him to do. Okay. Let me ask him, offer him this, and if this doesn't jive for you, no worries. That's fine. Let me know, and I'll give him a different suggestion. Um, So, Macklin, a lot of people who are home with you, he tells you you're home like all the time, and he loves Mm -hmm. that too. He's a good little guy. Um, Actually appreciate it when their dog friends like yourself can contribute to the ambiance of the atmosphere by offering calming energy, by offering silly behaviors like you're already doing, but offering that calming energy, which actually is the opposite of what you're offering when you're barking outdoors. Would you like him to be more calming so that you can feel that contribution of this calmness when he sees something outside versus him being outbursty around it. Yes, that's, yes. Okay, so can we substitute that? Because when you bark, Macklin, it's a problem for your person. It's annoying. It's frustrating. Um, and honestly, it works you up. How do you feel when you bark? He says, well, I do. I get all worked up. All right, so does that feel good? He says, well, Mom wants me to just lay down and relax. I know she does. She's told me that. Go lay down. Go lay down is what he hears. So I'm going to let him know. She's telling you that because that's really what she desires. He says, I love to make my mom happy. Great. So the solution to the problem of barking, which annoys and irritates her, is being calm and quiet. I have a dog, a foster dog right now with me, Macklin, who actually will look at things going on, the kids playing outside, neighbors, cars going up and down the parking lot in the street, and he watches with silence. And he'll sit and watch for a while. What if you could do that, turn the barker off and sit and watch if you want? He says, well, my barker kind of comes with what I see. He's very reaction-based when he sees something. The reaction is the barking. I'm going to acknowledge that's where you've been operating from up to this point. And now we're asking for something to show up different in order to please your person. He says, okay. He, I, okay. So he's he's willing to contemplate, although he says this is very different than what I've ever done. Okay. Calling him away, Emery feels like um, this works 70% of the time is what he tells me, but then he turns around and goes back at it. So yeah. We want to kind of um, help him as, he, as we're asking him to shift and change. Since we are the leaders, uh, you know, leader of the pack in this case, and he so wants to please you and look up to you, it feels like you're going to need to support him through this transitionary phase, which feels like it's only going to be temporary, to help draw him away when he gets so fixated on what's outside. Um, he tells me he does like some treats. So if you could take a treat and always have it like available near the door or where the, near the window where he often barks, so it's available at a quick notice. You call him over to you as a way of distraction, and you need to choose a treat that he never says no to. A piece okay. of cheese or, you know, whatever. You know what this dog likes. It can't just be a piece of dog kibble he's used to. It's got to be a high-quality, right. a high-important thing for him. Call him over. Um, he tells me he 
I asked him, do you know how to sit? He says no, but then he shows me himself sitting. Sometimes he's got to hear things twice. <laughs> he um, needs reminders. He's like a little child sometimes and needs to be reminders. But does he know how to sit? Um, yeah. Okay. So call him over. Let him sniff that tree. If if he's barking and ignoring you, go over to the door or wherever he's fixated on. Put it, waft it in front of his nose so he's like, oh, geez, or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And then turn him around to face you and then tell him to sit. He's got to do something to work for it. During right. that sit time, you're training his, retraining his brain to start to associate being redirected as a positive thing. We don't want to yell at him. Yelling is negative, and it's not, I mean, it's making you frustrated. It's not really solving the problem. So um, put it in a treat, make him work for it, and then give him a little tiny piece. And then keep him there and, you know, tell him stay or shake or whatever else you know to do. And you're basically trying to get him to be silent for five seconds, ten okay. seconds. 15 seconds. If you can do about 15 seconds, my sense is his brain will, I mean, it's going to be a really nice training tool for you because his brain past 15 seconds becomes then very fixated on the food, and I'm getting in that moment he'll have forgotten what's going on outside. After that 15 seconds is up, see if you can walk into the main part of the house and encourage him to follow you. He loves to shadow you anyway, so just encourage that behavior. You're pulling him away from the door. You're continuing the redirection without food. The food reward is just, you know, during the temporary. Eventually, at some point, hopefully, you'll be able to wean away from that. Okay. Macklin, she's going to be assisting you with treat redirection so that it's positive and we're retraining your brain, which retrains your body, which retrains your behavior, but we still need your cooperation here. When she calls you by name, know that there's something yummy coming and help her by cooperating. He says, oh, I'll come for a treat. <laughs> I sit pretty, too. I know how to sit pretty. Okay, that's great. So you can sit pretty for your person. Um, I'm also going to let him know that the job, of the new job of being calm and quiet, is really such a contribution to your person because physically and emotionally, Macklin, you are uh, you're sending out waves of positive energy to your person, positive comfort and ease and relaxation, which, you know, there's a butterfly effect. If you've heard of the butterfly effect, um, Emery, mm-hmm. and let him know that one being affects another and how you behave and the noise or lack of noise, silence, that you create in your environment has a direct impact on your person's body, physically, mentally, and emotionally, just like hers has a direct impact on you. He says, oh, I don't like to be yelled at. Okay, cool. So we don't want to yell at you for this behavior. We want to redirect you in a fun right. way. He says, I get that. Um, he says, I don't soil in the house. I'm a good boy. I'm pretty good when going out. Um, Emery, it's also coming up that Macklin is not getting enough exercise. I don't know what the weather is like in Oklahoma, but um, at least here in Colorado, it's snow. You really can't easily exercise a little small dog. But when you can, whether you can hire somebody or something, it feels like this little guy needs exercise because there is truth in the saying that a, a tired dog is a good dog because they don't have the extra energy um, to right. really channel. My uh, son tried to take him for a walk the other day. And as soon as the leash came on, and it's it's a retractable, so he was able to pull on it, he came over and sat on my lap and would not get off. He would not go. What? He simply, I mean, he tried to take him out in the front and was going to take him down to the end of the street and, and back around, but he absolutely refuses to go. He tells me when I ask him, why didn't you want to go? He says, I'm not supposed to leave my mom. He oh, not okay. well, maybe if I did it, that would be okay. Would you walk with your friends? 
Um, I do hear him say yes. I hear him balking a little bit because he's frankly afraid, too, of the great outdoors outside your – in your yard. Like if you have a fence in the backyard, that's part property. That's part of your house. So he's not afraid of that. But he feels like he's got a little bit of a skittishness to things that he's not too sure about. And this is, again, outside your home. He feels very safe in your house. He's a bit like a hermit um, and very mm, safe in the house, and it would be good to help kind of expose him to outside variety as a way of enriching his mind, enriching his senses, and helping him be more well-rounded. But he's going stir-crazy, cabin fevery, indoors, which feels like it's supporting the barking, even though I see him being like, no, no, I won't go outside. You taking him, I would definitely do that. And I would also tell him, you know what, your job, my job, is to exercise our bodies. So telling me no is not going to work because it feels like when this dog tells you no half the time you say okay he doesn't want to go and you give in to the dog and the dog is getting his way okay yeah um the retractable leash some dogs are afraid of that let me just check in with him to see if he's got any concerns about that if your person was to use that retractable leash how would you feel he says, I just want to stay close to mom. If you happen to have a, you know, a regular leash, I would try him out on that first. Okay. Get into the habit of regular, honestly, a good 15-minute walk or so in a regular daily basis. And then if you want, if you prefer, I, I personally hate those things. I find them unsafe and dangerous. But if you prefer um, to use that and you find that it's safe for him to be on and you've got good control and he's not going to, you know, dash in front of a car or after a rabbit or something on one of those things and you lose control of him, by all means, try it. But I'd start with a regular first. Okay. Okay, your next question for him. He, um will try and bite the back of people's calves as they leave the house. Okay. And he has bitten three or four people now. He doesn't draw blood, but he nips at the back of their calf when they leave. Okay, he's controlling the space by doing this. So his reasoning, I always like to give people the reasoning so you know where the dog's coming from. All right, so he tells me he does this as a way of controlling the space, controlling the area around, interesting, the area that is... Uh, the room where the main door exists when people come in and out is a very high, exciting area for him. When people come in, he's very excited. When people leave, I see him turning into a little bit of aggressiveness um, and needing to protect. It's like he's, why do you do that, Macklin? Why not coming in but coming when they leave? Because their backs are turned on him. He's suspicious of them. It's something he's also been doing for a while intermittently is what he tells me. Okay, so this behavior is all about flushing people out, getting them the way at that point. He knows they're leaving anyway. He's trying to hurry the process along by controlling the space. Why don't you let Emarie control the space when it's her house and you are actually, she allows you to live there. You don't own the space. He says, but I do. Okay, that's the first thing we need to talk with him about. So, Emarie, from here on out, now and in the days ahead, I'm going to encourage you to uh, say these things out loud to him. Just like children, we need to sometimes be, they need to be told repetitiously out loud as reminders. So you need to tell him, you own the space, you own the house, you own the collar he wears, you own the dishes, the walk, his, the couch. You own everything, including you being in control of the situation of people's comings and goings. And it's not his job, not his place to do ownership of the space, especially that high interest area he has around the door as people exit. Okay. Um, Because if he defers to you, the pack leader, then he won't have to do it. 
I have a, uh, like I have someone that comes to work for me, and the first time she came, he bit her on the way out, but now they're best friends. But, I mean, it's everybody. Okay, so you need to have um, better control. He's getting away with things. He skirts around you is what I'm shown. Because I asked him, why don't you listen to her when she's redirecting you with her voice? And he shows me himself totally ignoring you and skirting around you and doing the the, (laughs) the nipping behavior anyway. So honestly, you are making no impact on him, period, at this point. Regarding the gal who he's friends with now, when I asked him about, well, why her? Why are you allowing her now? But you didn't. It's because he knows her now. Uh Um, He has this mistrust of sometimes of people coming and going because people have come and gone in his life, and then he, he at the end he's like, well, they didn't last very long, and he has decided that some of these people are just not to be trusted. So we need to let him know it's not his job. And I, I mean, I can tell him this, Emory, and I will tell him this clearly, but you need to follow up because he has a relationship with you, and what you say means so much more to him than what I, a stranger, offer uh-huh. him. Okay. So, Macklin, it is no longer from here on out, your person's going to tell you this herself in the days ahead as reminders, it is not your job to control the space. You are like a guest in Emery's home. You are a dog that lives with her, yes, but she chooses to keep you here. She chooses to keep you as friend. You're creating a problem for Emery and potentially a dangerous situation for yourself if anybody ever calls her out on it regarding a nipping, you know, biting, because you have bitten in the past, dog. That's dangerous behavior. It's a problem for Emery. The solution is you staying back, listening to your person, and I'm getting Emery. He's not going to do that right away. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to let him know that Emery... Her job, her responsibility is to keep her guests safe. And if you can't support her in doing this at this point, as much as I get you hate being separated at all from your person, she will put you behind a closed door. Or you can use a crate, Marie, or a baby gate. You know, you just pick them up and put them behind one of these to keep your guests safe. And this, again, is ideally only temporary until he kind of sees, oh, she's not letting me get away with it anymore. This dog gets away with a lot. Yeah. Okay. So animals are like children. They know they can get away with it, things as, you know, their parents just going to, you know, yell at them but not really follow through anything and the parents not doing anything to be proactive and prevent the, in this case the said behavior. So the dog's like, "Well, why should I stop?" Okay? Yeah. So prevention is what you need to do now until he starts to learn that, oh, she's not letting me get away with it. And maybe at some point down the road, especially after you've curved and got some success with redirecting from the barking, then you can really praise him say, wow, you, we've come a long way in that area, and now I'm going to start letting you out and walking you know, with us to the door. But if I see that, that being rude, controlling the space behavior, then I'm going to stop my person and say, you know what, stay right here. I'm going to pick him up, put him back, you know, because I'm in the process of retraining him, stick him behind the closed door. He's going he's gonna to yelp. He's going to scratch at the door. I see him having a temper tantrum. He's not going to like it anymore because this dog does not like to be separated from you. But also sometimes we have to be a little bit of the strong leader and say, you know what, well, you're not working with me. I need to protect my guests too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Macklin, do you get that you need to, we're asking and inviting you to partake in cooperating in these new behaviors. I want you to be a good host when people come in and people leave. That is your new role, your new job, instead of flushing people away. 
Nipping and biting is the problem. The solution is being a good host. A good host, and I have good hosts that are little dogs too, a little chihuahua and a little terrier mix. And I'm, I'm mentioning this to him so that he can see kind of, and he can tune into my animals as I talk about them, Emery, as uh-huh. role models so that he's like, oh, I guess there are other ways of doing it because this woman has <laughs> dogs that can do it this way. They are really great at welcoming people with warm, pleasant, happy energy, and they're great at being polite and keeping their paws down and keeping space between them as my guests leave the door. They're welcome mats, and they're also welcome mats as people leave. That is the role we ask you to do. How do you feel about that? He says, well, everybody loves me. They think I'm the cutest thing. Okay, and that's great, but cute little guys also are so valued even more above cuteness when you are trustworthy too, trustworthy, trusted by your person to always listen and be a good host and trusted by the guests who are coming in and need to feel welcomed when they come and go. He is very skeptical about everything I'm saying regarding this aspect of people leaving. So, Emery, again, you're really going to have to emphasize what we talked about. Now okay. Now move ahead to him. He is smart enough to understand your out loud speaking words. Okay. All right. What else for him? Um, why won't he use the dog door? Why won't you use the dog? He's afraid to go out there by himself. Um, I see the door opening, and I see him, if you're standing right, his preference is for you to stand right there or to watch him to be real close by so he can do his pedals um, and then coming back inside when they ask, okay, so is there something with the door, it's doggy door itself? Um, he says not really. He just doesn't want to go out there alone. He feels isolated and separated. This is a dog in part who doesn't want to let you out of his sight because he feels insecure. So part of it is, yes, he's taking care of you, but the other part is he's a very insecure being when being separated from you. He's not keen in separation. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a flower essence. Let me ask. So Truth Universe, is the flower essence called separation appropriate for this dog? I get no. Okay, so what one? Would it, what's the issue that would be helpful here, Universe? He feels insecure. So Truth, do we need a flower essence that can help support insecurity into feeling confident like large? Okay. There's a flower essence that does read energetically for as being appropriate for you using with him called Larch. It's put out by the Bach, B-A-C-H, Flower Essence Company. It is not an essential oil. So that's a whole different ballgame. Um, this you can order online very cheaply, usually $12 or under or less. Um, you can also get it at a lot of health food stores. Larch is for building confidence in animals. He is extremely confident when you and he and people he knows are in your house but he's very insecure and not confident the moment the environment changes to a place he doesn't know very well or if he's asked to become separate from you. I see him whining and not liking that idea. His confidence goes out the window. It's L-A-R-C-H? It is. Okay. Yep. Um, Are you familiar with flower essences and how to use them? No. Okay. So they come in little tiny dropper bottles. You want to shake the bottle about five times in your hand. That activates the energy of the flower essence. All that's in the bottle is the energy of the larch flower. It's not any physical components of the larch flower at all. They used it to make the flower essence, and then they pulled out all the flower petals of the larch so that now the energy of the flower is in the bottle. What they've discovered is that the energy 
of certain flowers of certain plants, even when it's held in just plain water. And in this case, there's a little preservative added there to prevent bacteria growth inside the bottle. But the energy is held, and a lot of these energies have very soothing energetic effects. So you would do, of course, the behavior modification that I'm suggesting throughout the call, but you're also going to want to use the larch to utilize. You just put a couple drops on your hand, pet it into his fur. A lot of dogs like on top of the head, wherever he likes to be pet anyway. You're not dousing him. You're just exposing him to the balanced energy in the bottle that can help to repattern him over time Mm -hmm. in order to let go of the edge of the insecurity. Um, easier way of giving it if you don't want to pet it on him three times a day, which really is the minimum you'd want to pet it on him. It feels like he's around you basically all the time, so that might be convenient. But you could also put a few drops in the water bowl. Every time you change the water, put a few new drops. So that way, every drink, he's exposed to it. He doesn't have to ingest it in order for it to be effective for him, but he does need to have it come into his energy field, his auric field, his aura field, um, in order to, um, like, basically impact him. Did you say five drops on my hand? Yes, three okay. to five drops. Yeah, the bottles will, will tell you anywhere from two to three. They'll also tell you to stick it under the tongue. Um, these are designed for humans or animals. Most dogs, I found, don't like the, the taste of it under the tongue, so it's easier just to pet it or stick it in the water bowl. Okay. Um, the insecurity is related to his past when he was first given away. So, yeah, um, yeah this is very old insecurity. This is yeah, I'm his fourth owner. Life. Yes, yes. Um, I, I think either you or Anne, your sister, had written me and told me that. So um, it's very old stuff. It would be nice if we could help, you know, and this flower essence will help to do that, help okay. invite him to let go of what he wants. Two, regarding his past, because then it's also going to help him to be more relaxed as a dog. Okay. What else for him? Um, I have an ex-husband named Todd. Why does he like him so much? I don't like him that much. Okay, because he does see him as daddy, and he's had a very positive like experience with him. And for this dog, Macklin, interestingly enough, Macklin hasn't had an awful lot of human males in his past, so he really kind of didn't have a, an opinion one way or the other, positive or negative, about human males. Human women... He's got a lot of mistrust around because they can be trusted and they can't be trusted because, again, of his past experiences. You, obviously, he trusts because you've been consistent with him and he lives with you. However, Todd, it's like he just tells me he's a happy man and he likes me, so I like him. Honestly, Emery, that's a very balanced, even though you don't care for your ex-husband, you know, and, and a lot of divorcees don't, and I totally hear you there, but I wouldn't discourage Macklin from disliking him because it's actually a very balanced thing that he does like males and that's going to trickle over into male guests you have in your house so i would let it go okay um also i was in the month of uh january the end of december beginning of january or started january 2nd actually i was doing a morning meditation mm-hmm. and that seemed to affect him in a positive way he seemed to become more relaxed. I have since stopped doing that because the program I was doing only lasted for nine days. Does he want me to continue that? He says yes because, you know, he says when you relax, then I know I relax because I know you're happy and you're not in pain. He okay. Gets, um, he gets uh, pensive and tight, you know, uptight when you are not feeling well in your body or when your stomach is bothering you. He thinks your stomach sometimes is an issue or something you worry or are concerned about at times. And he says he gets um, 
his his being uptight looks like being very active, being very mobile all around the house, busy busy. Uh-huh. Okay. When you are calmly meditating, it's like he gives himself permission to relax mentally, which relaxes the body. So yes, okay. by all means I would do that for yourself and for him. Okay. Also all of a sudden he started he he's funny. When it would rain, he doesn't want to go outside because he doesn't want to get his feet wet. Is what I perceive is what he doesn't want. And then with the snow, he would, I have a porch outside my backyard, and he would stay under the porch overhang and potty up near the house where the snow wasn't. But now he's out in the snow roaming around. Nothing, never done this before. Just this winter he started doing that. And I don't have any idea what that's about. He says he realized it's fun. He's also very interested in the smells. Uh, he just shows me, yes, going through the snow, he's very interested in the smells of rodents that I get come out at night when you're at your sleep and they just walk on the ground. And for whatever reason, he's noticing the smells of rodents walking around on the ground next time he goes out to go potty. And interestingly enough, he doesn't seem to notice them or didn't notice them as much when the ground was dry and warm like you think the average dog would. But he's like, wow, there's not much to smell out here except snow, 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 and oh, there's a, a rodent smell. So okay. it feels like um, he's associated the snow now with something positive. My goodness, I'd let him go. I'd, I, If I were you, since this dog needs to get his energy out, we need to exercise him more, I would encourage him to run, play. If you can throw a ball from the, the, the doorway into the snow, if he's a, a dog who retrieves or something, that might be nice for you. I would I would play that up and say, Macklin, what kind of running around are you going to do out in the snow today? Do lots of okay. movement. I'm going to watch you from the window. And really play it up so he gets his energy out. Okay. <laughs> yes. He's a fun little guy. He just tells we me have, he's a happy boy. We have a fox, too. Oh. That comes, We have, there's a den that there's maybe three or four of them, and we have one that comes and likes to sun himself in my backyard. So okay. I don't let Mac, I take Macklin out front if the fox is in the back, but he hasn't been here since it's been cold. Gotcha. I guess they hibernate or whatever. Um, I would like for Macklin to know how much I do love him, and this is his forever home. He is never going anyplace else. He says, oh, I know that. I know okay. that. He He's going to go. Let me go because I'm your Velcro dog anyway. I'm going to um, Mexico uh, the middle of March, and he's going to stay with a friend of mine who has eight dogs. Okay. And I'm a little apprehensive about that because he, she's she was the first person he met when he came here, and she and I cannot talk when we're in the house. We're generally going to dinner. So we're getting ready to leave, but we cannot talk in the house because he will not stop barking at her. Okay. So he tells me he's on edge, on edge when he sees her. The bark is not a friendly, I'm excited to see you bark. It comes across mm-hmm. as um, a, I'm on edge. Who are you? Why are you here? I'm not going with you. Oh, that's his concern. He's concerned she's going to take him away from you, away from your house. So he's barking again like he does at the people outside. He's barking in his thoughts behind the bark, stay away, go away, get away. And he's doing the same at her. Uh, maybe since I go with her. She drives. I'm disabled, so she drives and we go to dinner. And so with, when she comes, it's because we're leaving. Do you? Okay, so is that as well, Macklin? Are you concerned she's taking your person away? He says, I, I don't want her here. I don't want her near me. Um, interesting. He's more really concerned about himself. I don't want her near me um, than he is more about you. 
He knows you're always going to come back because you've always told him you would. Then maybe I should not put him with her for five, six days. Uh, let me ask him. Would you feel comfortable staying with that woman with her eight? No, I would choose somebody else. Absolutely, I would choose somebody else because it feels like he's going to be frantic. He's going to be panting a lot. He's going to work himself up. He's going to be difficult. Um, yeah, and she has eight of the. She has eight dogs now. Yeah, it won't be fun for him. I, I would choose somebody who's got a quieter atmosphere. This okay. dog would really benefit from calm, quiet, and routine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pick her <laughs> at all. Okay. All right. So we are at time. Let me just see if he has anything, uh, last message for you, Macklin. Is there anything that would make him happier that I'm not doing? Okay. That can be our last question. Sure. So how about that, Macklin? Um, it just feels like the exercising. Okay. Yeah, just that when I ask anything else. He says, I get everything else I want. I get to snuggle with her. I sit on her lap. He shows me an image of being on a bed with you. Uh-huh. So he's getting everything. He's very happy, in other words. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, excellent. So thank you, Macklin. And I will send you, Emory, a link to this recording in 24 hours or less. So just check your email for that. I've got your email, scribe, Amazon, your first name, Emory, and at live.com. Right. Okay, cool. And then re-listen to the recording and, yeah, maybe jot a note to yourself, put it on the fridge of these things that you need to start saying to him out loud. And be a broken record. He's not going to okay. get tired of it, but we really I, need to emphasize to him that the old isn't working and we need to do I have it. a 16-year-old son. I'm often repeating myself. Oh, okay, so you're used to it. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, thank you, and you thank have you. a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.